Yo, 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 what's good? Thank you for coming to the House of Barf. I'm Chan Man. And before we get started, I would just like to emphasize that the content that we share on House of Barf is for informational and entertainment purposes only. We are not financial advisors and the information provided should not be considered as professional financial advice. Investing and financial decisions involve risk. And it's crucial to do your own research or consult with a qualified professional before making any financial choices. The opinions expressed on House of Barf are, are of our, our own and do not reflect the views of any organizations that we may be affiliated with. Please remember that past performance is not indicative of future results and the financial landscape can change rapidly. Always conduct thorough due diligence and seek financial advice from a financial advisor tailored to your personal needs and circumstances. By listening to this podcast, you agree that the host and in the future, if we have any guests, are not responsible for any financial decisions you make as a result of the information presented on House of Barf. Now, let's dive into today's episode. Yo, 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 as good as Chairman House of Barf. What's popping? I hope everybody's doing well. It's. December 24th, 2023. Happy Christmas Eve. Um, and, you know, happy holidays to anybody who doesn't celebrate Christmas. Uh, don't want to be disrespectful. Um, as, as you know, uh, typically just turn on the mic and whatever comes to mind, I pretty much discuss. Um, I'm really not doing any research right now. I don't even know if the markets are going to, I doubt the market's going to be open tomorrow, even Forex. I'm not even sure if they're going to be open tonight. Um, but uh, we're so close to Christmas, I feel like we should, uh, you know, talk about the, you know, birthday of, uh, of well, I guess the day we choose to celebrate of Jesus Christ. Now, how in the world does God you know, in business and finance correlate. Look, I'm not claiming to be the best practicing Christian in the world. For many people, they can go off and say he's a hypocrite or, a, you know, a contradictor. Uh, he's a terrible person. But yet he always talks about God. Trust me, I've been getting it my whole life. I told you when I was a little kid, I was just a little kid that um, I've never really been a gambler. There was probably a short period of my life uh, when I was in, I got suspended probably for the first time from school. I was probably eight years old and it was because I had like this gambling ring going. Uh, even at one of the churches I went to, I'm, I'm a little kid, five, six, seven, eight years old, um, probably six, seven, eight um, and gambling behind the church, you know? Uh, I told you we had a few things, a quarter, heads or tails, cards, you know, higher or lower. Again, I'm just a, a kid. There's no, you know, probability or anything going on. Um, what I did notice though, as the house, you always win. I, I now I could, I even knew that as a kid, I, I could tell, you know, and then also we had uh fighting matches going on as well. You know, put two boys against each other, tell them to fight and whoever wins, you know, you make your best. Um, I probably quit gambling when I was like 
eight, nine years old. So um, I know it's like, <laughs> I quit. Yeah, no, for real. I just realized, you know, this isn't for me. Um, didn't want to become a gambler. Uh, just from op optics, gamblers seem to um, have an issue with gambling. You know, uh, same with alcoholics and, um, um, you know, nymphos and anyone, any liars, cheaters, all of it. Once you pick up a vice, uh, but certain vices that for me, like uh, pill poppers, I've noticed pill poppers, they're like, it's like, whoa, they're on another level compared to, let's say, like, I don't know, like tobacco, like, whoa, but even tobacco, man. No offense, I just seen this homeless lady. The homeless people in D.C., I'm serious, not all of them, but a lot of them, I'm like, yo, you're, you're fresher than me. I'm not trying to be rude. And they're like, man, I know it's hard to keep up. I'm like, dog, dog, I need your secrets because y'all look fresh. Like, just look at this homeless lady, asking ask for money. Um, I didn't give any money because, seriously, so much homelessness, and I'm giving my money out to everybody, not to mention everybody needs a tip. Money's just, it's just, uh, I didn't give them any money. The lady then pulls out a, a cigarette, looked like a hundred, looked like, not even a small, like a long cigarette, and sparks it. And I'm like, you got a cigarette, and you got fire, and you're asking for money? I'm going to give you a quick idea. Guess what I used to do in high school? Didn't smoke tobacco. Guess what I did, though? I probably shouldn't be saying this t too much, you know, but... Statutes of limitations. I would every day buy candy and cigarettes. Seriously, every morning before school, candy, cigarettes. I would stop by Seven Eleven, pick up uh, the king size bars because the warehouse I was going to didn't have king size bars; they had regular bars. So I would just buy some king size Snicker bars, king you know, king size reach, whatever, king size, and probably like probably a carton of cigarettes. All right. So, in between classes, I would go into the bathroom. I didn't sell the candy out of the bathroom. I sold the candy out of my locker and out of my book bag. But I sold the cigarettes in the bathroom. One cigarette for like a dollar. Maybe not a dollar, probably like 75 cents or something. I don't think I charged a full dollar for a cigarette. Like, a pack of cigarettes, I can't remember what, they, what it was then, but let's just say a pack of cigarettes was $7. I can't remember how many cigarettes come in a pack now because I haven't done this in a long time. But let's say it's a pack of like, I don't know, like 20. I'm not sure. After I sold a, a fourth of that cigarette packet, I already had my money. So instead of going around asking for money, take that pack of cigarettes and sell them. Put up a sign. Hey, need a cigarette? Give me a dollar. Trust me, no offense. No offense. Tobacco heads need their cigarette. They need their cigarette. They're even willing to pay 700 times the amount. If you can get a pack of cigarettes for $7, each one of those cigarettes in there costs, I don't know, what's seven divided by 20? Uh, let me see. Uh, 20 divided by seven. $2? So every cigarette costs $2. You sell one cigarette for $7, for $5. One cigarette. And you do it over and over and over. 
Now, are you going to get your ass locked up? Possibly. It's, a, it's illegal to sell cigarettes and whatnot, taxes, and, you know, they got the game on lock. But you're homeless. No offense. You're homeless. There's only, gonna, there's only a couple of ways you can go from here. No offense. You, you, I mean, you're either going to stay out here homeless or um, you're going to go to jail for something. I don't know what, what it's called, loitering or something, you know. Um, so, when it comes, I guess, wrapping it up, when it comes to incorporating God into our investments and everything, it's, there's, was a bird in the hands worth two in the bush? When something's right there in your hand, it's like you have to look at it and say, okay, there's little was parable about the man that was in a rainstorm and he was he was flooded the streets were flooded he was drowning he climbed up on the roof of his house he's on the top of the roof of his house he's praying he's saying god please come help me there's a few things that come by a man on a boat a ladder whatever something I, i can't remember the story but a few things come by and the guy dies he says, God, why did you allow me to die? He's like, did you not see? You know, or the guy was like, why did you allow me to die? You know, I was praying that you would come and save me. He said, did you not see the man on the, on the boat that came by? Did you not get the ladder? Did you not, you know, the various things that kept coming? And we have to realize that God is in all things. There's this, this saying or something that, you know how you got beef with somebody? Man, I got beef with Sister Crockett. I got beef with John. I got beef with them. Trust me, even I got beef. There's some people I can't stand. Seriously, I can't stand. However, I have to still practice love and forgiveness and gratitude, especially if I want to go into coaching. You know, because... But, but they're saying that how could you say that you love God when you got beef with this person, how, how, you can't you can't say you love God. You got beef with this person because God is in all things, you know. So even when it comes to coaching, I haven't got paid for any coaching. You know, seriously, nobody you know has. People want coaching, but they don't want to pay for it. Just like even to extent, even the content that's being created, people are willing to get the content as long as it's free. People are willing to get coaching as long as it's free. So they may not say, "Hey, can you come over and coach me?" But that's essentially what they're saying. Hey, could you come over? I just want to talk to you a little bit. You know what I'm saying? Oh, you, you want a coaching session, you know, but they don't want to pay for it. So what, what do they do to not pay for a coaching session? They act arrogant, cocky, pompous, act like they're the expert. One thing I'll tell people, you know, let's just say in customer service, even, you know, we got some youngins that hop into the industry, don't know shit about the game, right? Don't even know what a stock is. It's like, listen, when people call, you're the expert. Okay, hold it down. They're going to they're going to bombard you and they're going to make you nervous and scared. But you're the expert. So somebody calls me to coach. I'm the expert in the room. Okay, now I have to stay humble. You have to stay you know, patient because people will test your patience. You sit there and you're trying to help them. You're trying to talk to them and they're cocky. They, they know it all. They know it all. But. Am I practicing being patient? 
Am I practicing being uh, a follower of Jesus? Am, am I practicing being a follower of God? It, it, it's like, if I say, you know what? I can't do this. You got it. And then hit them with the famous last words. You got this. You got it. I know you got this. You, you go. You know, so being coaching, you got to practice patience and humility because I don't know it all. And I never will know it all. You know, I really think that my skills are only good enough for, you know, if, you know, you're just entering in the game. If you're somebody like Warren Buffett, rest in peace, Charlie Munger, you know, Mark Cuban, Jeff Bezos, LeBron James, whoever else, uh, sorry, Oprah Winfrey, Serena, you probably got the money game on lock, okay? You know more about money than, than Jerome Powell. You know what I'm saying? So if you got it on lock, then, it's, you know, this stuff ain't going to really help you out at all. You know about all the section one, you know, twos, you know, the article, title, article threes, everything and anything that you loophole this. You know, you probably follow, you know, several account majors and presidents who find loopholes and tax codes and all types of stuff. I'm not there. The thing about BARF is that's not the point of BARF, is that we're there. No, this is, we're going to get there slowly, but gradually, but surely. Trust me, as much as I can, I'll put the shit on the internet. Give, give me one moment, please. Introducing the Listener Support Program, feeling the future and quality of House of BARF. Dear loyal listeners, at the House of BARF, we strive to bring you the most engaging, informative, and entertaining content every day into the world of business, accounting, regulation, and finance. We strive to provide you with expert knowledge, practical tips, and thought-provoking discussions to help you excel in your financial endeavors. We are dedicated to fostering meaningful conversations, sharing valuable insights, and creating a community of like-minded individuals who are passionate about business accounting, regulation, and finance. Producing high-quality content requires dedication, resources, and effort from a talented team of one, me, but in the future, you know, hopefully I'll have a team. That's why we are excited to introduce our listener support program. This initiative allows you, our cherished audience members, to play a pivotal role in shaping the future and the content and assuring House of Bar's sustainability. In the future, becoming a supporter, you will be able to enjoy a range of exclusive benefits. Benefits that I'm hoping to be able to bring eventually early access to episodes, um, access to episodes that are not, you know, public, uh, you know, that are not accessible to everyone, possibly even um, create better content. And then all those mistakes I make, maybe I'll put them in a separate episode. You'll be able to get some behind the scenes stuff um, uh, and other uh, exclusive um, um, things such as merchandise. Possibly I have, uh, you know, a children's book coming out, maybe able to offer that Uh, your support goes directly towards enhancing the quality of our content, expanding our reach, our research and investing in new resources and technology to bring you even better experiences. Your contribution will help us continue to deliver thought-provoking discussions, captivating stories, and insightful... Inter- oh, no, sorry. I didn't mean to say that. Um, 
may in the future may possibly interview someone uh, that will keep you engaged and inspired. Join me, us, in shaping the future of House of Barf by becoming a supporter today. Your generosity empowers us to keep our conversations alive and ensures that we can contribute to provide valuable content to audiences around the United States and hopefully in the future of the world. To support us, simply visit podcasters.spotify.com. Then you can get to House of Barf. Um, Also, it is on Spotify. And um, support this podcast and become a supporter. And choose a membership tier that aligns with your preferences. Every contribution, no matter how small or how big, makes a meaningful impact and is deeply appreciated. Thank you for being an essential part of our journey. With your support, we can reach new heights and create content that truly resonates with you, our incredible listeners. God bless. Happy listening. I'm Chan Man. This is House of Barf. Again, if you would like, you can visit podcasters.spotify.com backslash pod backslash show backslash Chan hyphen man seven. And you can go to support this podcast and become a supporter today. Thank you. You can also reach me at c287gph at gmail.com. Thank you again. You have a wonderful day. God bless. Yo, yo, yo. What's good? It's Chairman House of Barth. Thank you so much to anybody and everybody who decided to stop by. Uh, come kick it with your mans. My bad for earlier. I had to just kind of, uh, I had to do something real quick. Um, but again, it's Christmas Eve. Uh, so it only feels right to, you know, incorporate God into, uh, barf. And, uh, a couple of things, uh, that I would touch on is, um, in my own personal, when investing is I truly do believe in putting God first, uh, above all things. You know, God's first, family, and money, I guess. You know, um, and I and I feel uh I feel like God would even want it that way. Uh I, I I'm not sure how God uh has everything in order. I know there's parts of the Bible that describe it and says, you know, it's God, family, and then the church. The, you know, uh so many people put the church ahead of everything. But God will state, you know, two or three people, you know, Together, conjugating, you know, discussing my name is church. You don't have to necessarily. I mean, you need. We all need the fellowship. I mean, where where's a good place to learn? The library. Where's a good place to work out? The gymnasium. You know what I'm saying? So where's a good place to fellowship? Church. However, I don't think it's on the top. You know what I mean? The top. It's not like number one. You know, it's not like church you know, family, whatever, it's, it's seriously, I, I can't remember the scripture, I'll look it up later, but I believe it's God, family, then the church, you know, um, and uh, so even when it comes to investing, seriously, or even coaching, you know, uh, as I'm coaching, you know, or before I go into a coaching session with anyone, you know, I'm like, God, you know, please help me, you know what I'm saying, please help me, uh, please you know, let the words, even before, you know, recording, not maybe not every time before I start recording, I have like over 200 episodes, 
maybe not all 200 episodes, but even when I, before I press the mic, I mean, the record button, I'm like, God, you know, please, just, please just help me, you know, um, let the words that I say, you know, um, you know, maybe help somebody one day or, you know, maybe people find it entertaining and, and, uh, maybe I can get paid for this one day. Um, you know, help me. Cause you know, I just want to make sure that, um, the information that's put out there, whether it's right or wrong, you know what I'm saying, uh, can benefit somebody one day. Trust me, once the stuff goes public, you know what I'm saying, then anybody can grasp onto it, then anybody can look at it, and then anybody can criticize it, and, you know, of course say, hey, this guy, you know, he's an idiot, you know, or he knows nothing, or he's not in touch. Of course, you know what I'm saying? I, I mean, like, come on, like, but to somebody else that can find some meat on the bone could say, you know what, that guy, he's not in touch. He knows nothing that he's talking about. He's clearly an idiot, but I think he's onto something, uh, that may benefit them. They say, you know what, I'm, I, I, I'm going to do exactly the opposite of what he's talking about or whatever it is, you know, um, got a new children's book coming out. Uh, you know, thank, thank God got a new children's book coming out. And when that book comes out, I'm pretty much sure there's going to be a lot of criticism. Like, man, this is the worst book I've ever read. This is terrible. Um, even to an extent, um, I've already kind of received some criticism, not so much an advice, but, um, like, some comments that people make it's like it's like kind of like sunning you like you know treating you like a child like it's like oh how cute or something like that or um that's a that's oh that's a great idea you know chan and it's like uh it's not an idea i mean it was an idea but the, the publisher just sent me um a copy of the paperback you know what I'm saying? Like I had, I have uh, uh, a copy of the paperback in my hand right now, and it's going into final edits. Uh, and I just gave my approval for uh, the final edits, um, and uh, so I think they. Uh, I, I don't know. The, I don't know the next steps, but uh, you know, I gave my approval. Said I'm cool with th these final edits. Uh, we can move to the next step. Um, I sent that email probably yesterday, uh, two days ago, something like that. Uh, so, and, and, and trust me, uh, again, thanking God, I have a fantastic team. I mean, the team, uh, if, if there's anything I would want anybody to listen to on this podcast as of right now, it would be that I, I think I'm so thankful for the team of people who gathered around me for this book. And put in so much effort and actually money too. Um, I mean, ah, man, it's just just a great team of people who believe in me. Uh, my portion uh, is really about to come up. Yes, I'm the author of the book. Um, uh, but there was so much more that went behind the scenes. And... Now, my portion's about to come up again, you know, basically, you know, 
uh, I got to get out and start walking, just basically groom myself, get myself together. Because now, uh, excuse me, the marketing campaign is about to start. And people are going to want to see me and shake my hand. If, if it gets to this point, which it will, uh, got, you know, it will, it will. We got we to gotta manifest stuff. Um, and they're going to want me to sign books and I'm going to have to go to conventions and whatnot. Um, so, uh, my, my portion is about to get started like kind of heavy and I got to make sure I'm energetic and I got to make sure I got to keep going. Um, besides God and all things, yo, so what's this with monster? You know what I'm saying? People are telling me monster is like a demon drink or something. Cause, uh, whenever I get tired, sometimes I'll, I'll just drink a monster, you know, give me a boost. And they're like, yo, you know, if you hold that can upside down, uh, it says 666 and that's the, you know, the market of beast and everything. And I'm like, what the world? It's, it's really the only sports energy drink that gives me energy. You know what I'm saying? Like Red Bull doesn't really work for me, but trust me, I'm subscribed to Red Bull's YouTube channel. I've been, I've been watching Red Bull competitions for going on 10 years now. I'm dead ass. Like I love Red Bull events. Uh, as I remember as a child. My uh, family, we would go to air shows. Uh, these air shows, whew, back in the day, I did not appreciate it. Uh, they're like three hours long. I mean, seriously. And uh, you sit out on, you know, like a, the yard. You sit out in the yard. Uh, you, everybody pulls out a basket of food. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean, seriously, this is what you do. And you sit there and you watch these airplanes fly around for like three hours. Now that we don't do it anymore, I miss them. I miss them. Because these pilots would do some crazy shit. Now, I don't know what stopped the air shows. What I believe was it was a logistical issue. Uh, they may bring the air shows back. Um, but I believe it just was costing too much to get the airplanes out there, fill them up, and just have them fly around for three hours. And when I say fly around, I'm not just saying they're just like flying around. I mean, these pilots are doing stuff. I mean... Woo! They used to do some amazing stuff. And this stuff goes on for like three hours. Seriously. As a kid, I was like, oh my gosh, this is so boring. But now, um, I miss them because they don't, I, I don't know. So, I saw a couple of jets fly over my house not, uh, about a few months ago. Stuff like that. I was like, oh, that was really cool. Um, but that's what the Red Bull shows remind me of. It reminds me of those air shows we would go to as a kid. The air shows were by the military. It wasn't by um, like any you know sports company or anything. It was by the military, uh, the Air Force. Um, they sponsored the air shows, you know. So that it was so cool, man. I remember the opportunity when I got the opportunity to uh, go see a B two bomber. Uh, I think they call them a stealth bomber or something like that. It's like a really flat pancake airplane. Um, uh, so they brought, uh, a B2 bomber to, I think, I think, I believe it was in Wichita, Kansas at the time. And, um, and, uh, I think my, my uh, I'm, it was my pop. My pop was like, Hey, um, the B2 bombers, uh, on base, you want to go see it? And of course I'm like, man, I really don't care about airplanes like that, dad. My grandpa and my dad, I think they like airplanes a lot. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Uh, but my grandpa, I know he loves airplanes. Um, but I'm like, all right, cool. We'll go see the B-2 bomber. Uh, did I get to get inside of it? I believe I got to get inside of it as well. Um, but yeah, that was really cool. That was really cool. I've been inside of a few different airplanes. 
Uh, I don't think I've been inside of a tank yet, but uh, I've been inside some pretty cool airplanes. Um, but yeah, uh, but monsters, uh, they're like the only sports energy drink. Uh, there's another one. I think it's Rockstar. Rockstar gives me energy. A couple things, though, is Rockstar gives me way too much energy. Red Bull doesn't give me any energy, and then I crash. Monster just happens to be just kind of middle of the road. You know, so it's so difficult to be like, oh, man, I don't know if this is some devil worshiping company. Because, like, it seems like everybody right now is like a devil worshiper or something. Everywhere you go, everybody's like, I'm on demon time or whatever. Uh, and I'm like, man, you don't want to, you really don't want to play with that time. Cause seriously, like demon time, uh, I like this thing by Wallow. He's like, how many seconds, you know, he was in jail and, um, his, his celly, uh, asked him how many seconds. And Wallow was like, what, what are you talking about? Why do you keep asking me how many seconds, you know? And then, uh, he, he says, how many seconds did it take to get you in here? And then Wallow had to think about it. And I can't remember what Wallace said. I think he said something like eight minutes. It took like eight minutes for him to get 20 years. So when I think about demon time, I, trust me, there's moments in my life where I'm on demon time. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, whew, I'm telling you, man, sweetheart, there's sometimes I'm on it. And uh, by the grace of God, uh, things just didn't go um, the way that things were supposed to go. Um, I've wanted to, um, do some things, um, uh, that probably would have gotten me several years, uh, you know, depending on the judicial system and the judge I got that day and everything. Uh, but luckily things didn't go the way that they were supposed to go. Uh, was able to, you know, uh, avoid some situations, you know, as, as a youngster and, uh, by the grace of God, I'm still here. And I'm not only still here, I'm still here and I'm grinding, I'm thriving. I mean, I'm not saying I'm thriving, but I'm doing okay. Uh, so with incorporating God into uh, investments and business, what I say is in my personal life or what I try to do is I try to put God first. I try to put God above all things. Even when I go into investing, you know, you know, before I start the day or whatever, you know, it's kind of like God, you know, uh, Thank you for the opportunity that I can be here doing this. What a lot of people don't really understand is there's a lot of people who are not investing, you know, um, due to lack of information, lack of knowledge, whatever it is. Uh, there's a lot of people that don't have the time, the money, the education, whatever it is. But by the grace of God, I've gotten the opportunity to be able to take time out of my day to sit in front of a computer and and trade. And right now, currently, I'm trading on the U.S. equities market, stocks, um, and then uh, also, uh, I usually do have some fixed income. I don't have, I don't believe I have fixed fixed income in the portfolio right now. But trust me, I am, and I will. Uh, right now, they're pushing bonds like crazy. Um, I, you know, I, sometimes I feel like there's a little bit of propaganda behind that. You know, it's like. They're like, oh, yeah, the bonds are getting 5%, 5%, 5%. You can put your money in, five, you know, 5% bond. And and um, I'm like, you know what? In the secondary market, I've been getting 5%, if not even a little bit more than that, for years now. Years. You know, and I'm like, am I missing something? So then I go back to the, to the uh, interest payments. And I'm like, okay, maybe I'm missing something. 
All right, let me do the math. No, that that was a 7.25 bond. Look, the interest payments got my principal back uh, at maturity. Uh, okay, maybe I'm missing something here. You know what I'm saying? And um, now it's like, get your bond 5%. Get your bond 5%. I'm like, okay. But I am, I plan on getting myself some fixed income. But I'm wondering, why right now is it such like a push? Like, why is everybody pushing it? You know what I'm saying? I remember a couple years ago, uh, uh, everybody's like, oh, I'm not in fixed income. There's only one, 2%. There's only one, 2% bonds. I'm like, I think you're talking about the primary market. Like if you go to treasury, was it treasurydirect.gov? Yes. If you go there, that might be where you get your 1%, 2%. Now, if now I can see what you're talking about. If you can get a 5% from the primary, you know, now I, now that is amazing. Shit, I need to, whew, if that's what people are talking about, but see, I was getting mine from the secondary market, so you got to pay like accrued interest and whatnot, but you get the accrued interest back, you even get the accrued interest back before the first interest payment, so I'm just like, I, I, I you know, and so yeah, I got to go take a look at that, we're about to go take a look at that in a second, um, and again, you know, um, it's just those little ideas that you get, you know, uh, Constantly of God just dropping, dropping knowledge and whatnot uh, into your hands, you know, telling. Okay, so another thing with God. So, and I really can't touch on too much because I'm still in a bunch of legal things right now. But my former company, right? My former company was a financial institution. Working for a financial institution, they have like trading rules. Like for example, they have a 30-day trading rule and all these these various things. Um so with the 30-day trading rule, if you break it, you get in trouble by the like the ethics office or the conflict of interest office, whatever. You get in trouble. You only get a couple of those. And then uh before you start getting fines, and before you get in trouble, you get fired because when you work for a company, no offense, man, a bunch of people, you know, they're they're so scared all the time. They're, they're, they, they, they hate trouble. So when you breach like a 30-day rule or something, it goes t- to all the managers. Do, 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 do. And they all come down on you. Uh, now, do you understand the 30-day rule and you can't do this? Or now do you understand you got to sign this paper? And it's just trouble, 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 right? So what you end up doing is you say, you know what? Forget about it. I'm just going to go ahead and just get the Magnificent Seven or Fang, whatever, at the time, and I'm just going to hold, right? So, you work for a financial institution, but you become one of the worst traders. Not saying the worst, but seriously, you're like, you're like how the hell, does, how does this happen? Okay? How is it that I'm working for a financial institution, I should be trading all the time. I should be in the market. I should be doing it. But no, it's like, no, that's not really what we do. You know what I'm saying? We're like the crows, you know what I'm saying, uh, in Game of Thrones. You know, we're just ethics and all this stuff. So, uh, and then not to mention the the uh, children's book that I have coming out, Borderline Touches on Financial Literacy. None of this stuff would have been able to happen as long as I was working for that financial institution. I probably would have worked for that financial institution for the next 10, 15 years of my life. Because of complacency. So, 
you know, I like to touch base with my trap stars. And, you know, as I always try to say, you know, stay out the trap. You got a beautiful mind and you got to channel that energy. So in the trap, they got a saying that essentially you're only as good as your prop. Okay. So you got these trap stars who really, I think, start to believe that people love them. That, you know, they're like a superstar. And it's the most false sense of security I've ever seen in my life. I mean, and you know, I've seen it with my own eyes. You know, the, everybody's following this guy or this woman. Everybody thinks that they love them. They're at all the parties and everything. Nope, 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 nope. You're only as good as your product. Now, when people get out the trap, how many people do you think are calling them up, asking them to come to the parties, asking them to go shopping, asking them out on dates? Zip, zil, nil, nada. Nada. Drinking on uh, some Welch's Concord grape. Zip, zil, zip, zip, zippity, za. Nada. Nobody. That beautiful woman you were dating, no more. Those the crew of guys that you were hanging out with, I hope you're wearing uh, a stab-proof vest because they're coming for you. Multiple reasons why. You're a punk now. You got out the trap. What you churching now? Do uh, you cut off their water supply because they were depending on you? You know, so be prepared. They're coming for you. Um... Who knows all the family and friends that, you know, you've oscillated because you're in the trap. Now, the thing is, you're going to have a couple of friends who are still there for you, who are still there. They're, they were there waiting for you, just saying, hey, you know, we're still here for you. We know that you've been off doing your thing, but we're still here for you, man. You know, and, and that's a true blessing. And you're like, that's a true blessing to have a couple of people there after you've done all that. And now you're left out with nothing. And. I'm going to say because the money was so fast and there's so much music out there talking about, you know, spin, spin that shit, spin that shit. I'm going to say you probably weren't the best financially literate with the funds that you had. You had to keep up the image and the image is what's some BS real quick. So you'll have investors who start trading, you know, they got the money in the account. They start trading and what do they want to do? I want to quit my job, I want to quit my business or whatever it is, and I just want to become a full-time trader. I'm not saying that you can't do it, but I would say no 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 I can't remember. Uh no baby calm down calm down. Uh besides the seven streams of income, right? Forget that. Okay, not the multiple streams of income. Forget about that. We'll talk about that later. But what's, what a lot of people don't really realize about a bunch of these traders that are doing so well is that they their portfolio wasn't just built just strictly from trading. Probably a third of it was. You know, so would not go down the road of quitting a day job. I mean... If, if anything, just take the paychecks and just put them in the portfolio, you know, just keep and then that should build up your portfolio, build up your margin and, 
you know, and then you can keep trading and you could even probably hop into some speculative trades and just keep funding the portfolio. At what point do you quit the job? I don't know yet. I don't know. I, I would say maybe look for a different company. You know what I'm saying? Because then eventually you may get to a point where your trading should be on point. It should be like a machine, you know? Uh, and there's algorithms out there that you can even purchase. I'm not saying that they're the best. I've never tried one. I, you know, I tried to do a little algo trading not too long ago. I was using MetaTrader 5, and there was like this MACD. And I was like, here, let me see if I could throw this on uh, to, and let the robot take over. I think I used it once for a little bit, and then I stopped it. Uh, but I'll try it out again. Um, but once you get the trading on point and travel all the places you want to travel, I mean, they got right now a wave of like 70 year old people who are going back to work because these young people don't want to work anymore. They, they want to quit their day jobs and go start a business or day trade or whatever. You know, so the people that are 70 or whatever, they're like, yo, I've been retired for 10 years and retirement's great and all, but yeah, you know, I, I could go back to work. You know, we're there's the FBI is coming to Maryland, Prince George's County. You know, they're like, hey, does the FBI need any help? I think they're building up the IRS and they're building up uh, our metro centers. They're like, yo, do y'all need any help? 70-year-old people are going back to work. It's, it's the young people who are like, oh, I'm going to quit my day job. And then and then they go around telling everybody they're a trader. And it's like, no, no, stop all the speculation, you know. Um, uh, like, uh, what was I? Uh, I was trying to reach out. Oh. But working for my company, I probably were to work for them for 10, 15 years because I had a spouse that, you know, and if something should have clicked to me, you know, saying like, yo, if you can't quit your job and keep your spouse, then that's not the person you should be with. That's, you know what I'm saying? Then you're really just with a drug addict. Not saying that my spouse is a drug addict, but in the trap, you're only as good as your product. So, if you can't really trust these, I guess if you would call them fiends, then it's like, yo, you kind of, you're kind of a fiend yourself. You're sitting there, your fiend is the love and the affection that you get from these fiends. It's not the drugs, you know what I'm saying? But it's like, if I kept my job, then what, you know what my spouse, one, one moment, with my spouse, uh... If I would have won the lottery, I would have split in half with my former spouse, my estranged partner. This is the same individual when I lost my job, left not too long after. So with everything going on, since getting terminated, I've been able to work on my trading. I've been able to write a children's book dealing with financial literacy. And I was able to really see people for who they really were. You know, so as much as everybody say, man, this has to be a terrible time in your life, which is true. I also look at it and say, man, this is honestly a blessing. I mean, seriously, like. Working for that company, uh, again, wouldn't have been able to trade like that. Uh, probably wouldn't have been able to write this book. And I've been having this book in my head probably for about three or four years. You know what I'm saying? It's been in my head. But I was like, you know what, I'm just going to put the book off because, I, you know, it touches on financial literacy and I don't want the company getting upset with me. And I really want to work on my trading, but I really can't work on my trading because, I mean, the, the job keeps me really busy. 
not to mention they don't really, I guess, want us to be that much of traders. Um, and then also, um, you know, I just want to, I want to keep my spouse, uh, and I'm and you know, uh, she's kind of like, you know, you got to keep a job nine to five. That's what we do. Uh, so I don't want to lose the job. And then, you know, I mean, if you really got to think about that, like it's like going back, you know, God did me a favor. It was like, nope, listen, no, no, you do not need to be splitting. No, nothing with this individual. I know this individual. This individual will only be around as long as you're doing well, as soon as you're doing bad. And and there's other factors that go into it as well. I'm not going to say that there are not some other factors, but as soon as things started going bad with the company, with me and the company, um, I'm not sure, but uh, it appears that my uh, uh, my former spouse or estranged partner, or am I, I don't, it, it's everything's not final. Um, was supposedly already uh, um, planning their exit. So things went bad with me and the company for a couple years. So for a couple years, uh, supposedly, I'm not sure, uh, things are coming out, uh, was already plotting their exit. So the whole time, I was being spectated. So I, I no support, no help, nothing, just being spectated. You know what I'm saying? Just being watched. And if things went well, guess what would have happened if things went well? Guess if stuff went well with the company would have happened? The person who was planning their exit might have changed their plan and I would have never known. Never known. They would have just been like, oh yeah, I was going to stick around the whole time. You know? So it was honestly a blessing that everything went bad. And they decided to play the role that they played. You know? Um... There's this part in the Bible that I, I I look at. It's there was a part when Pharaoh had an opportunity to turn around and change, and uh, I guess God hardened his heart or something, or his heart got hardened or something, and that's when they went forward and just was like, you know, we're going to go ahead and kill all these. Uh, I can't remember Hebrews or, or whatever, uh, whatever Moses and his people were, uh, and then that's when they got pushed to the Red Sea. And, they, you know, there's only one way they could go from here. Um, the best way to get over something is get through it. Um, but there was an, I believe there was an opportunity for Pharaoh to, to change his ways. Um, however, if that's kind of how I feel is like there was a, probably an opportunity that my estranged partner, my spouse could have possibly changed their ways just a little bit and said, what am I doing? What am I doing? Not to mention uh, that they're a spouse, a wife, you know, you know, in my personal opinion, under God, you know, but also um, as a human being, what am I doing? You know, you know, um, as, as, as your own, your, your own self worth, what am I doing? Um, and then on top of that, look. I took care of my spouse for years, okay? I, I did. I took care of my spouse for years. Uh, not to mention that as well, okay? <laughs> Paying all the bills and everything. Pretty much shopped. Shopped pretty regularly. I'm talking about the day ended and why shopping was being done, okay? Um, so that too, like, come on. Like, how could you do that to somebody? But the good that came out of it was 
uh, God, I really feel like wanted to expose because as much as I can be a hard ass, I can actually be a really nice person too. At, at, at times, I can be a really nice person, uh, especially when it comes to people I love, because I care about them and I want to take care of them and I want them to be happy. You know what I'm saying? So I'd even be willing to, if I have four dollars left, and I mean this is going to get me through the week, and they want, you know, a piece of candy or, you know, some toy, uh, some Robux or something. I'd say, you know what? Here, you can have my four dollars. I'll figure out a way to eat. I'm not starving. You know, I'm matter of fact, I'm overweight. You know, I'll just I'll just eat on this stored energy. Uh, you know, see how it works out. Um, you know, but so sometimes you can be kind of blind. You know, you can blind yourself from what is. I mean, seriously, in the back of my head for years, I, I did think to myself, man, if I lose my job, if I don't keep a job, I'm gonna lose my spouse. For years, I thought that. That should not even have to be a concept, a thought. It should not be. It, it, it more so should be support. Like, hey, you know, I lost my job. And it's like, you know, do you get, you know, what's, what's next? Do you got a plan? You know what I'm saying? Uh, you know, we got to ride this out. You know, um, I, I, I don't know all the stories back to back, but there's even one where uh, some lady couldn't get pregnant by her husband. You know, uh, in the Bible, she couldn't get pregnant. And I believe God was telling this guy, stick with her, stick it through. Everything's going to work out. And I believe that's when he went around and cheated, got another woman pregnant. And I think that's the whole Israel-Palestine uh, war. Uh, you know, I'm not sure. But supposedly this is a war between brothers that's been going on for like years and years, like tens of thousands of years. Um, but then eventually the lady got pregnant when she was like 90. You know, <laughs> like something like that. Don't quote me, okay? I'm not the best at this, okay? But um, that's more so what it comes to. You know what I'm saying? Um, when it's like you roll with your partner, and, and, and to the end of the, to an extent, no offense, I'm not a, I, I'm not a complete bum either. I'm I'm a bum, but I'm not a complete bum. All right, like you know, you, I, I can make things work. Okay, but that's why it's so important to me to be able to put God first. In all things, even when it comes to my investments or my business ideas. Because um, they say God puts your back against the wall for a couple of reasons. Uh, you know, and one of them is to, so that you can get closer to him, get, get closer to God. Um, and another reason is to break you down uh, so that you can become something greater, you know. And if my back wasn't against the wall right now, there's pro there's I'm pretty sure that there's multiple things that I wouldn't even achieved. Uh, I started a business, uh, a coaching slash therapy slash it's going to be community outreach. Um, wrote a children's book that's going to be coming out soon. Uh, been getting closer to my investments, understanding uh, th like things like the Greeks. You know how many times that if I was at work, I'd look at a video about the Greeks, but it wouldn't click. Now I can sit down and say, okay, let me just start with Delta. Okay, what is Delta? And just, I could spend hours just looking at Delta. I, I still don't completely understand it all the way. You know, um, I'm not going to say I'm like I'm the expert at it, but I can also say, okay, I want to look at fundamentals. What is um, uh, PE ratio? What is price to earnings ratio? You know what I'm saying? 
Like, it, how was this calculated? Because little things like that help me just understand shit. And it just helps it open the, you know, my mind to a different concept. It's like, oh, that's what it is. So now when you're doing your research on your investments, you're like, okay, P ratio is about 20. Okay, that's pretty good. Uh, how is it compared to other companies in the industry? Okay, so 20 is about the average. Okay, all right. Okay, and what about this industry? Oh, they got P ratio of 80. But look, all the other companies in the industry have a P ratio of 80. So really, that's kind of about normal right now. And you can just kind of start putting your formula together. You know, um, man, I used to get talked so much shit about at my former company. I would go inside of meetings and hear them talking junk about me. And it was almost like to a point where they didn't even care. You know, um, it was it was truly disgusting. And I would have did that for many more years. I would have did it 10, 15 more years if I could have. I, I would have I was already with the company approximately about four. I probably would have tried to stay with them for like 20. You know what I'm saying? Uh, and I understand that's what everybody says. No, that's not the way. That's not what everybody does anymore. That's some old school stuff. I was fine. I was happy. I was working for a company that I was okay working for. I enjoyed the work that we did. It was fulfilling. Um, I was like, yo, this is cool. I can do this, you know, but I wouldn't have been fulfilling so many other things. This podcast definitely wouldn't have been happening. Definitely. And the thing about the podcast is that I started it. And I quit it to get hired by that company. I already had like 30 episodes out, or if not that many, less than 30. And I had sponsorship. I still haven't got sponsorship yet, but it's cool. And I had sponsorship. It was pennies. They were giving me pennies. But just imagine if I would have kept that going. But what happened? I didn't have faith in God. I didn't have faith in God. I had faith in myself. I wanted to get that job so that I could run to my wife, tell her, hey, look at me. I got a job. You don't need to leave me now. Right. And I can now purchase a house, which is about to get sold. Hopefully not. Hopefully, you know, it won't, you know, or whatever happens, happens. Because if I sell the house, if there's any equity, I could take the equity and put that in my portfolio, start investing, see if anything comes out of it. You know, so it's all. It's all just putting God first and just saying, you know, God, what what do you want out of this? What is your plan for me? You know, uh, so as much as it does seem like, you know, hypocritical or whatever. Hey, you know, I get you. I get you. Trust me. I get it. OK, I've been called a hypocrite or a poser for years. So many people, you know, it's OK. My relationship with God is still solid. I think one reason why my relationship with God is so solid is because I've always been a believer. To an extent, let me think. I can't think of a year where I've questioned God. Not questioned, like, you know. But what I mean is when people uh, do things like, you know, I really, there was a time where I was like, God, are you real? I really never went through that experience. I've always rolled with God since, since a little boy. My father started taking me to church three, four times a week, you know, I, and the funny thing about me was I didn't realize that there were so many people looking at me like some brainwashed little kid. You know what I'm saying? And and I didn't realize there were so many people around me, even at the church, that didn't believe in God. I was like, what? Are you serious? Like, what are you, like, what are you doing here? It's like, oh, my mom brings me or my dad brings me or whatever. Or uh, this is just tradition. You know, this is just what we do. And I was like, oh, OK. Well, no, I believe in God. 
I, I still um, pray. Not saying I'm, you know, I'm the best at it, but I still pray. Still try to get my book. And I and what's crazy to me is no offense. Things in my life have been pretty solid. Okay, I know when I say I've always been a believer, I never said that I was always the best practicing. I've never been the best practicing ever. Okay, now I am getting better at my practicing. I will say since I've lost everything and I'm at a low point in my life, but it's coming at a different extent. Now I've kind of seen what God will do for me and what God will do as you know, to the weapons that are formed against me. To an extent, I get it so much now. God, forgive them for they know not what they do. I'm dead serious. When people form a weapon against me, to an extent, I okay, I'm still human. I want to see a little pain. But to an extent, I'm like... Start praying for them. It's kind of like, please stop. Please stop. Don't do this. Okay? And it's not because you're going to hurt me. Whatever. Forget that. What's about to happen to you in your life is not going to be good. It's not going to be fun. So seriously, just stop it. Okay? And even to an extent, I try not to do anything negative around people. You know, because it's like, you, because I'm essentially bringing the negativity in, you know, like, and it's it's kind of like, uh, I don't, I don't want to sound too crazy right now. Okay. But I know what I'm trying to say, but I'm like, okay, I'm really risking, you know, somebody trying to put me in a, in a stray jacket or something. All right, if I go around and I go hit a lick with somebody, right? They want to go ahead and, you know, go rob somebody or they want to go do something, right? I'm in the car. I'm riding with them. That car is going to get pulled over. We are going to go to jail or whatever it is, okay? So you say, okay, now what's going to happen? For some reason, I'm going to be protected somehow, some shape, some form. We go to jail. They decide to put me in a cell all by myself. You have to go to the the bunk beds in the middle of the, the, the gymnasium with everybody else. You, not you, uh, you know, and I'm not, trust, things are going to happen to me as well. But you end up getting, you know, stabbed up by some crazy maniac because there's not, the jail is not just thugs and gangsters. It's also full of a bunch of mentally ill patients. Seriously, maniacs. They walk around, scratching their head, t- jerking, twitching, talking to themselves. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I remember one of the people told me, it's, it's, only, it's only crazy when they start answering themselves. You can talk to yourself as, long, as much as you want, you know? But So they start answering themselves, you know? <laughs> like, yo. And next thing you know, I'm feeling bad. And nobody will under, ever understand why. They say, why did you feel so bad? You know what I'm saying? It's because I knew it was my fault. I should have never went on that lick with that person. You know what I'm saying? I should have never did it. Even if we got away, let's say we got away with a bunch of money, right? I'm going to try to do good with my money. Things are going to seem to pan out. I'm still got my karma 
and I still got things that are going to come back or, you know, what goes around comes around or whatever it is. And, um, what may happen to them may not be positive, you know? Um, and I just know it'll all be my fault. And, and I know God would look at me and be like, this is your fault. You should feel guilty. Because look what's happening to them because they wanted to ride with you because you could have took them on a whole nother path. You could have told them about my name. You could have told them about me. And y'all could do things so totally different and they could be so well off. But you all wanted to go ahead and try to hit a quick lick to get some money just to pay the banks or anybody else who was going to throw your ass in the trash anyways. As soon as they get an opportunity, these companies, well, well I got to admit, my general creditors have been working with me. But as soon as they get an opportunity, they're going to get rid of you. And you're willing to go hit a lick, risk jail time, losing time with your family so that you can go hit that lick so that you can pay these criminals, these thugs, these gangsters, so that you can keep your image up, your house, your cars and whatever, for a bunch of individuals who will stab you in the back at the drop of a dime. When easily, you could have told everybody about my name. You could have told them how wonderful I've been in your life, hopefully saved a soul and put them on a whole different path and a path that is going to get them where they need to be and get them what they want. The reason why a lot of people are suffering and struggling is because they're always relying on themselves. They're always looking at themselves to be the solution to any problem. I can't pay bills. I need to get a job. Nobody's ever saying, you know what, God? Point me in the direction that you want me to go in. And who knows about that? No offense. I'm not saying only me. We do. But I do. I know about it. I could easily. But also, what do you get concerned about? Man, I don't want to talk about God. I know a lot of people don't want to talk about God. I just saw Lil Wayne talking about he went to Dubai. And they told him, don't talk about God. And I saw some, some special about how somehow, if you ever talk about God on television, some the program will just cut out and all these different things. And it's like... So even when it comes to my investing and my business ideas and everything, essentially what comes up is, God, please point me in the direction. You know, um, the serenity prayer, you know, help me understand what I can control, what I can't control. Give me the discernment for both. You know, and I really think a lot of times when people are really struggling, the soul, the soul ain't right. The soul isn't right. And it affects with the brain. You know, I'm not trying to talk about like mental illness or whatever. You know, that I'll let the scientists handle that and diagnose that. But I think a lot of times the soul ain't right, you know, because I'm going through the, one of the worst times of my life. But I'm like, I'm OK. I know God got me. I just got to stay strong in my faith and we'll be good. So another reason where I'm kind of trying to work on, you know, how I'm living my life is because when you see the power of God, you do become God-fearing. Like, and I've always been God-fearing, but now it's serious, man, our sweetheart. Like, now it's kind of like, wow. Like, man, that person really had it out for me. And look, what, look what's going on in their life. Wow. And look what's going on in my life. You know, and I'm just trying to stay strong in my faith. And it's like, you know what? You get to a point where you're like, God, I don't really want to mess up. I don't want to mess up because this is getting too serious. You know? Um, man, that, that, those group of people really were trying to tear me down when I was doing well, you know, and wow, look, look what their situation's like now. And, and then look at my situation is like, you know, it's like, man, it's like, God, I can, I, I can see you, you know, I can see the spiritual warfare, 
You know, and it's like, thank you for all your blessings. And you get to a point where you're like, you know what? I just want to be responsible. I just want to be, you know, good practicing, you know, I don't, uh, Christian, good practicing Christian. I'm not the best right now. Seriously, to be honest, I'm probably going to go watch the Cowboys game and probably have a beer or two. You know what I'm saying? Um, uh, and little things like that, you know? Um, but, um, yeah, you just, you really get to a point where you're like, you know what? Um, I, I really don't want to just mess around and mess up. Like, cause I, I see what you would do, uh, in my life. If I could just stay on the, you know, what they call the straight and narrow. Now, again, I'm not perfect. I'm not trying to make excuses, but a lot of people, when they hear you talk like this, they hold you up to the highest regards. They're just like, okay, now we're going to keep our eyes on you even more. And I don't want that attention. I never really wanted all that attention. Um, I know it seems oxymoron to have a podcast and not want a lot of attention, but I've never really wanted a lot of attention because uh, then people, they really do hold you up. And when you get up higher and higher, um, it's more it seems like more people that just want to bring you down all the time, all the time, bring you down. That's another reason why I just keep the podcast simple, just audio, no visual, nothing. But I am going to try to get a loan from the bank, and then that's when I'm going to probably get the microphone and the camera and the halo light and everything and try to get everything up and going. Um, so, yeah, you know, of course, not, you know, House of Bars is not advice, but even getting into trading, starting your day off, uh, I know some people say, well, you know, I don't pray, but I'll meditate. It, it's about getting that soul right before you hop in, okay? Because it's about to go crazy and it's about to go nuts. And you want to keep that soul right so that you're not, you know, let's say you take a loss. You know, you're just like, fuck, shit, dang it, throwing your computer around, doing all this wild shit. That's because, you know, you got to get your soul right. You know what I'm saying? Or if you get a big gain, you're like, yeah, that's all me. That's all me. It's like, nah, dog. No, it's not. And now you got the responsibility to go do the right thing with that money. That and they say it's something like it's like the the poor and the and the stupid would always be with us. Essentially, let's say you make a bunch of money in the market. Now you have a huge responsibility. It's not that you can go out now and buy yourself a fancy car or buy yourself a fancy house. No, you have that money for a purpose, for a reason, not to go out drinking. To now you got to go teach a bunch of ignorant people what it is you just achieved. And that's the stuff you do when you put God first. You get that money. You say, thank you, God. What do you want me to do with this? Not Hey, I made 5K in the market today. Drinks are on me. Well, look, I'm not saying don't celebrate. Trust me. I, 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 trust me, I do it, okay? But it's kind of like, okay, what can we do positive with this money? Okay, we can go back and trade some more, try to make some more money. We can start working on maybe that small business we wanted to, that community outreach program we wanted to, that podcast we wanted to. We can now help maybe our niece or nephew. They've been we, We've been noticing them working at... Uh, friendlies for the last you know year trying to save up money so that they can start their own hair salon or whatever it is or you know paint nails or go to school you know maybe I can help them out with five G's you know so that they can reach their goal and now we can all reach our goals together you know and we can build on top of this you know all while putting God first before our trading day you know just saying hey 
you know, because also with trading, your mind goes in so many different ways. Seriously, you you buy a call, you know, it's one thing. You buy a put, it's another thing. You're like, man, how is this happening? Man, if I only would have just clicked the call instead of the put, I would have made $200 instead of lost $200, you know? So your mind goes in all these different directions. You're like, okay, should, what should I get? The call, the put, the call, the pot, the put, the call, the put, the up, down, the switch, the, the bearish, bullish, all this. You calm your soul down. You get your soul right. Put God first. Not saying that's like a lottery ticket. You can tell the future. If you can tell the future, then you could just play the lotto. That's not what I'm saying. But even in your losses, there can be lessons. So you actually got something more valuable than gold. So while you're at the nine to five, not you, but even myself at the nine to five, I was not making any mistakes. I was not doing anything good. I was going to work, knew where I had to be, doing my job, did my job, went home, cooked dinner, took a shower, went to bed, woke up, went to work, did what I had to do, and that's what it was. There were no mistakes being made. There was no valuable lessons being earned in losses. I mean, if you think about it, your manager's always there babysitting you. So even if you make a mistake, your manager comes in, scoops up, oh, no, we got to fix this before it goes to the big wigs, and they fix it for you, so you're pretty much like, oh, okay, whatever. You know, I don't, I don't know what the mistake was, but they said there was something, there was a mistake done. And, and, you know, oh, don't do that again. And then it's like, okay, don't do it. And then the next week they're like, okay, we can do this now. And then, so you're never really learning anything because there's no room for mistakes. There's no room for error. And then also when you do something good, it's not really valuable. You know what I'm saying? Unless you just like figured something out and you had room to grow. You had the advocacy from the people above to give you room to make mistakes, for you to have room to grow, you know, then that's when you're getting, then at a corporation, that's when you're getting a fantastic experience. But for the most part, you got the babysitters who are watching you. They protect you from any mistakes or anything. You can, and, and then if you do anything good, they get the credit for it. So really there's nothing going on. You're just kind of existing. Not saying any, any just anybody, but if you got a great company that you're working for, everybody can't, be a small business owner. Everybody doesn't want to be a small business owner. There's so many small business owners that are, really, that are ready to sell their business and just go to a nine to five because they're ready to just exist. They're not here. They don't, they're tired of solving the world's problems, you know, because even as a small business owner, you, you kind of sort of become an employee. Let's say you have a cleaning service, right? And this company wants you to be there at 3 a.m. every day, you know, rain, sleet, hell, snow, Christmas, New Year's. We don't give a damn. We want this building cleaned every day at 3 a.m. To an extent, you you're you're kind of become an employee now, you know, because you got to be there. You got to respond to them. OK, so there's some small business owners that are like, you know what? I'd rather just go ahead and sell the business and go get a nine to five. So it's not like, oh, I'm telling everybody quit. The no, hell no. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that. I don't even know what I'm saying anymore. Um. What was I saying? Um, give me a second. I'm saying that if you're at a corporation that allows you to make mistakes and grow and you're able to learn and achieve problems, then you're at a great freaking company. One moment. I am thrilled to introduce you to an exciting new storybook journey that I believe will capture your imagination. Allow me to present Langston Mangston's Kool-Aid Stand Adventure. 
a compelling short story that promises to transport you to a world of interest, excitement, and learning. The title of the book is Langston Mason's Coolamate Stand Adventure by Chandler Hayes. In a world of colorful imagination and captivating stories, a new children's book has emerged to empower our young minds with crucial life lessons, life skills, and financial literacy. Langston Mason's Coolamate Stand Adventure is a cheering short story written by a talented black author who understands the importance of equipping our youth in the early stages of life with the tools they need to navigate the realm of money, savings, and smart choices. Meet Langston Mason and his imaginary best friend, Zonky, a pink elephant, two curious souls who embark on an adventure around the vibrant landscape of Wichita, Kansas, where Langston Mason sets out to accomplish multiple goals and is met with obstacles that he must overcome. Langston Mason and Zonky discover valuable lessons of talking about finances in the home in order to gain knowledge. Langston Mason, with a little bit of confidence, the guidance of supportive parents, the help of community members like Mr. Tiller, and his imaginary best friend Zonky, Langston Mason learns about the value of money and how to save, the importance of making thoughtful spending decisions, the significance of thinking outside the box when met with challenges, with money, and the joys of sharing with others. Through relatable experiences and emerging and, and engaging storytelling, Young readers are introduced to the fundamental concepts of money, such as earning, saving, and spending responsibly. Langston Mason set savings goals, teaching children the importance of planning for future needs and dreams. The book celebrates diversity and the different perspectives on money, shedding light on its role in different people's lives. The characters' interactions emphasize the joys of serving others, the gift of sharing, and making a positive impact in their community. The pages of Langston Mason's Coolamate Stand Adventure come to life with vibrant illustrations. The colorful and imaginative visuals not only captivate young readers, but also enhance their understanding of complex financial concepts. Langston Mason's Coolamate Stand Adventure is coming soon to bookstairs and online realtors. It is a must-have addition to any child's library, fostering essential life skills while sparking the joy of reading. Empower the young minds in your life with the gift of financial literacy and imagination. Join Langston Mason, Zonky, family, and friends on their extraordinary journey of running a drink stand to set them on the path of a brighter future. Your opinion means a great deal to me. I would be honored if you would consider exploring Langston Mason's Coolamate Stand Adventure and sharing your thoughts, your feedback could play an invaluable role in shaping the future of this project. If you have any questions, comments, or would like to discuss the book further, please don't hesitate to reach out to me. Your support in spreading the word about Langston Mason's Coolamate Stand Adventure would mean the world to me, and I deeply appreciate your consideration. I am a passionate advocate for financial literacy. Me, um, Chandler Hayes, um, and and am excited to join the community of storytellers with a background in finances. I am driven to inspire children to embark on their own adventures of learning and discovery through the power of literature. Langston Mason's Coolamate Stand Adventure is a heartfelt endeavor to promote financial literacy in a fun and accessible way.
As a black author, I'm committed to providing children of all backgrounds with the tools for success, and I am proud to contribute to a more financially informed generation. Thank you for taking the time to explore this advertisement, and I look forward to the possibility of sharing this extraordinary literature adventure with you. Please feel free to contact me. Uh, You can reach me at the email c287gph at gmail.com. All right. Thank you. Warmest regards. Have a great day. God bless.